this evening is taken from the gospel lesson, which was read to you earlier. Grace, peace, and mercy to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. In case you have not watched the news, about a week ago Monday, and yes, some of you are probably wondering when this sermon illustration comes, but anyways, about a week ago Monday, at the age of 95 years old, the man who created Spider-Man, The Incredible Hulk, Fantastic Four, Iron Man, all of those great superheroes died at the age of 95. Uh, Stan Lee is the name, and he had other people that helped create him. Stan Lee made his first comic book for Captain America. Issue number three was the one he wrote on. But to give you an idea as to why Captain America was written, two issues earlier, the very first issue it had on the cover Captain America punching Adolf Hitler in the face. So Captain America was created to inspire soldiers, which Stanley himself was a soldier. He served in the, he served in the army, and when he was in the army, he was known as a playwright. And he wrote these plays inspiring the other soldiers in their fight against Nazism. Now you're probably wondering what does Stan Lee have to do with anything now? I'm getting it. Bear with me. So if you read his characters, his characters were always characters that had flaws. So like Steve Rogers, who's Captain America, he was a scrawny little guy who couldn't barely handle anything. Or you look at Peter Parker, who was a, kind of a nerdy science kid. Or Daredevil was a guy that was blind. Professor X was in a wheelchair. Tony Stark, who's Iron Man, was an alcoholic and, and it was not very good with women. And yet these people who are deeply flawed were heroes. And see, the very core of what his, the message he always tried to get across and he, why he created these comics, these stories, was this, what the words of Uncle Ben Parker to Peter Parker. Anybody know it? With great power comes what? Yes, yeah, some of you know it. Okay. With great power comes great responsibility. And believe it or not, that is the interpretive key for the, the gospel lesson for today. And you think, wait, but that's not the words of Jesus, that's the words of Stan Lee. Well, this is what Jesus says. This is a few verses afterwards, after today's gospel lesson. He says, Everyone to whom much was given, of him much will be required. And from him to whom they entrusted much, they will demand the more. Or as he says in the Gospel of Matthew, to whom much is given, much is expected. To put in the words of Stanley, exact same thing, with great power comes great responsibility. Today we celebrate Thanksgiving. We, and this Thanksgiving is in November. Why in November? Why not in April or May? Well, it's because we just, people are finishing up the harvest. And so naturally, as the bounty, the bounty of the harvest is there, it is a time to give thanks for what has been gained. And so, but the thing is, is so often we get to Thanksgiving, we might 
I don't have anything to give thanks for today. This year has been a rough year. A um, lot of bills, a lot of being sick, a lot of things, bad things have gone on this year. There is not much to give thanks for. To which, you know, anybody know what this is? Luther's small catechism. Hidden Luther's small catechism. It says, a simple explanation of Christianity, but it's a small catechism. If you ever, ever try to think, what do I have to give thanks for? Look at the creed. Take the first article, begin with the first article. It says, I believe that God has made me in all creatures. He has given me my body and soul, and as far as I can tell, you all have bodies. So, nope, I don't see any ghosts sitting amongst us. So, you all have bodies. Eyes, ears, and all my members, my reason, and all my senses, and still takes care of me. So, you have eyes, we may, you might need glasses like me, because you may not have as good of eyesight, but you have eyes to see. Or you have ears to hear. And I know that because otherwise if you put this, we wouldn't be speaking right now. You have a mouth to speak. You have a tongue that you can taste such wonderful pies that's downstairs. Not to get you to throw the food that you have waiting for you tomorrow. You can give him that ability. He also gives you clothing and shoes, food and drink. You know, this week, you know, today, you know, Thanksgiving, I'm going to guess that most of you are not going to be eating outside. You're going to be probably, many, most of us will be in a home, under a roof, heated, hopefully. We'll have clean running water. We have so many blessings right before us. So simple, the littlest thing that we have every day, we take for granted. And here's the thing, you get to celebrate this with family, with friends, whoever it may be. Then you have the second article. I believe, so again, kind of trivia on your catechism. What is the first, what's the first chief part of the small catechism? Where does it, what is the small catechism start with? The Ten Commandments, right? So the Ten Commandments, we read through it, all the commands that God has. You shall have no other God before me. You shall not misuse my name. You shall you know, honor, remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Honor your father and mother, etc., etc. And so as you go through those commandments and you look at the meaning, something you notice very quickly. You're not keeping it. Not one bit of it. We break every single one of them over and over and over and over. And the reality is, is you look at that first article of the creed, and you look at the gifts that gives us, God gives us, and he gives us a bounty of gifts. He gives that to us out of divine, fatherly goodness and mercy without any merit or worthiness in us. In other words, you can't say, I've got this because I'm a pretty awesome God. No, you don't. You got it because God is awesome, not because you're awesome. Get that, keep that straight. You got it just because he chose to, out of grace and mercy. But the reality is that there are people that can't hear. There are people who are blind. There are people who can't speak. There are people who can't taste. There are people, for whatever reason, can't eat a meal tonight. There are people that are in hospitals. There are people 
who will not, who for today and tomorrow, these two days, and again the month is one of the hardest times of the year because they celebrate it alone. And so that is the consequence of our sin. That's the consequence of the sin-fallen world, that all of these gifts are tainted, many of them are broken. And so we read this in the second article. I believe that Jesus Christ, true God, begotten of the Father from eternity, and also true man, born of the Virgin Mary, is my Lord, who has redeemed me, a lost and condemned person, purchased and won me from all sins, from death and from the power of the devil, not with gold or silver. So he purchases, he purchased us, lost and condemned. On account of our sin, we are destined for hell and damnation. That is what we deserve. And yet, what does our God do? He purchases us. He redeems us. He wins us. Not with silver or gold, because all the silver and the gold, all the currency in the world, you can take every single dollar, every single coin, every single yen, Canadian dollars, you know, euro, whatever, you can put it in a giant pile and it would not be enough to purchase even one of us. The only thing that could purchase and win you is the holy, innocent suffering and death of Jesus. It is only his blood that can redeem you that can claim me as his. Is that not a reason to say, hallelujah, thanks be to God? We were condemned, and we have eternity by the death of Jesus. Then you go to the third article. What does this mean? This is, I believe that I cannot by my own reason or strength believe in Jesus Christ my Lord, or come to him, but the Holy Spirit has called me by the gospel, enlightened me with his gifts, sanctified and kept me in the true faith. So, notice there, not by my, I cannot by my own reason or strength. So you have, we have faith. Did you know that faith is not your own? Faith was given to you as a gift from God. It says in Scripture, there is no one who seeks God, not even one. In our sinful nature, we hate God. We, if, if, if it was left up to our decision, we'd say, we want nothing to do with you. We want, because we want to be God. And so our God comes down, and he does every ounce of the work. And this is the beauty of that, right? Infant baptism is such a beautiful thing. And you bring that little baby, doesn't, doesn't have to, he doesn't walk himself, or she, they don't walk themselves up. They have to be carried. They don't speak for themselves. Instead, their parents speak for them. And the pastor says on them, I baptize you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. And in that baptism, they are claimed to be children of God. When they're incapable of doing anything for themselves, they receive salvation freely. And so it is for all who come to faith. We receive it without ever doing a thing. We receive salvation with God's word 
Or perhaps it's when God's word is spoken to you. You receive life. You receive salvation. And when you receive, by the way, tomorrow Thanksgiving. Some of you might be doing Thanksgiving dinner tonight, maybe tomorrow, whatever it is. You do not have to wait until next year to get a Thanksgiving feast. In fact, on December 2nd, and first, I don't know which other day it is, Monday and Sunday, Sunday and Saturday and Sunday, you can come here for the Thanksgiving feast. If you go to the if you go to a Catholic church, what do they call it? They call it the Eucharist. The other one is Eucharist. Eucharist is taken straight from the Greek, where Jesus says he had given thanks. The Greek word is oikaristo, or us English people we call it Eucharist. It is a meal of thanksgiving when you feast on the meal prepared for you by your heavenly Father through his Son Jesus, given to you by the work of the Holy Spirit. You receive this meal of thanksgiving in which you are united to your family. Yeah, your family. Not your family of your biological family, but your family that is united by the blood of Jesus. Yes, this is not a place. The church is not a social club where a bunch of friends get together. The church is a place where family gets together. And it's so important to remember because I have, I have a brother. Confession, me and my brother fought a lot when we were growing up. And guess what? I still went home every single night. We have people in the church that absolutely frustrate us or aggravate us. But you know what? They're still your brother or sister in Christ. And you still come because this is your family. And this, the, the Lord's Supper, is the feast of Thanksgiving that he prepares regularly for you. These are all things to give thanks for. So going back to that text, with great that the words of Stanley, with great power comes great responsibility. See, the man in the parable, that rich, the rich man, he decided to build up his barn. When he saw his barns were being overflowed, he didn't say, hey, what can I do to give this to someone else? How can I use this to serve my Lord? He didn't ask that. Instead, he decided to build a bigger barn and store up more. See, he did not see that to whom much is given, to whom much power is given, much is expected. Great responsibility. God has given you gifts beyond measure. He has given you the gifts of your family. You, I don't know if you know this. This is something I just found out last Friday. Did you know that the city, Ida County, Amongst all 99 counties in the state of Iowa, we are fourth to last for biggest, greatest income disparity. The biggest, the fourth biggest gap from the top 20% to the bottom 20% is Ida County. Did you know that? Which means we have a lot of haves and a lot of have-nots. And the gap is bigger here than all the three counties in the state. Now granted, our bottom 20% is doing better than many other, part, other counties in the state. But that great responsibility, great power, great responsibility. Right there. That 
I know that's not, I know we just got done with the stewardship campaign, but it's, it's an act. We also have gifts of ability, we have gifts of talents. There are some of you might be a great, maybe some of you have a really good music skill, musical ability, maybe you're a good singer, a good musician. Give thanks to God for the wonderful organs that we have, for our praise team, the praise band, our choir, our bell choirs, adults and children. Give thanks for those who use the gifts that God has given them, that use that responsibility to serve and deliver his word through music. That is a means by which we use the gifts that God has given us, the powers, the power that he's given us. It could be that we're, we're good writers, we're good speakers. Could be that you're a good mechanic. Maybe you're a good athlete. Maybe you're, get ready for this, you could be even good at video games. Actually, video games is kind of an interesting thing I thought about this. When I was growing up, I, some of the best relationships I ever developed were playing video games with my friends. And you can develop wonderful relationships. You're just sitting there yelling at each other while they're getting you. But you also have conversations with one another while you're doing it. It's just like when you're fishing in the boat with someone. You might occasionally get distracted because somebody's got a fish, but what are you doing in between? If you're not napping, you're talking with one another. You're building a relationship. Video games is just an electronic fishing. And there is an actual electronic fishing games. But they talk with each other. And this, it was a great opportunity for a kid to be, hey, for any of you who play games, be like, hey, you know what? What are you doing on Wednesday night? I'm going to cross exploration. Why don't you come with me? Or any talent, any, any hobby you have. That is some, the hobby that you have, the means to carry out that hobby, is a gift that God has given you. And so your, your responsibility, use that as opportunities to be gracious, to be humble in your, in your hobby. Use it to serve God and use it as opportunity to say, hey, why don't you come to church with me? Because that's the responsibility that comes from the grace of God. Jesus died not for our sins only, but for the sins of the whole world. So that means any and every person you ever come into contact with, they are somebody that Jesus died for. And your responsibility as a redeemed child of God is to tell them. To say, Jesus wants you to come to church, hear his word, receive, hear of his goodness. That is our responsibility. And the third article, the responsibility to be in his word. We have incredible access to God's word. There were times when nobody could read it. And yet we have it on the cell phones. We have it on our tablets. We can have it. I can bring up a verse on my watch. I mean, you can have incredible access to the Bible. There is no excuse for not reading it. It is our great heritage. There were people that literally died so they could read the Bible. And when we have free access to it, we don't. Our responsibility is to read it, to be in God's word, and to speak it to others. Our responsibility is to receive the supper. The Lord's Supper is not something, 
is not just a cheap, you know, yes, the bread and the wine is extremely expensive. That's not what's costly. It's the body and the blood that is in, with, and under us that is given for the forgiveness of sin. That is of extraordinary cost because it costs God's own son. And there is no other place we can get that. That is the great gift of God, and our responsibility is to receive it. And when we see somebody, a fellow Christian, who is not receiving our responsibility is to say, come, my brother, come, my sister, and part eat the feast with me. You need it, and I, you say it because you love them. This is our responsibility. But the reality is, that great power that we have and that great responsibility, we do fail over and over and over. And so our God in his incredible grace and his incredible mercy, we can return to him over and over again and say, Lord, forgive me for not caring for my, the gifts you have given me. Forgive me for being a poor steward. Give me the strength to do better. And he says every single time, I have my, you are forgiven on account of what my son has done for you. And so we walk in that grace, we walk in a new life, serving those who need it. And by the way, right behind me, this is using the gifts to be responsible. In Jesus' name, amen. The greatest peace and mercy of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ keep you the one true faith, the life everlasting. Amen. Please stand.